gentleman who played for both these franchises in his career and it was an extensive one 19 seasons if you factor in the playoffs he played just shy of 1300 games in the nhl it is shane corson checking in shane my name is reed nice to meet you how are you doing doing great reader thanks considering uh covid 19 i'm uh, hanging in there well, very good. Hope you're uh, you're healthy and your loved ones are safe and healthy as well as as we plow through this. Let everybody know uh, where you're hanging out these days and uh, how you keep busy. Well, I'm hanging out in Toronto. I live in Toronto, but uh, keeping busy watching a lot of Netflix, reader. Not, not not much going on in Toronto here. Everything's pretty much shut down. So, just trying to watch some hockey and watch some shows and. Uh, Trying to stay, trying to stay safe, like you said, and uh, hopefully plow through this. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's good to have you on the show. Uh, I mean, you had a very unique career because you got to play for the Montreal Canadiens, the team you spent a lot of time with, and you played for the Maple Leafs, and you played for Edmonton. So, an interesting experience for you, uh, playing in three Canadian markets, uh, where certainly the teams get a lot of media <laughs> and fan attention. So uh, you know what it's uh, what it's like to deal with the day-to-day storylines and the ups and the downs. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I love playing uh, for Canadian teams. Uh, like you mentioned, I played in Montreal and Toronto and Edmonton and loved every second of it. Uh, the hockey fans are amazing, so passionate to be able to play in front of such great fans. Uh, for most of my career, I was lucky. I feel honored to be play for all three teams and uh, – just incredible and yeah there's lots of ups and downs uh something uh, bob Ganey tried to teach me at a young age and then again i played with uh gretz wayne gretzky in the canada cup and they always try to tell me just don't get too high and don't get too low because there's going to be ups and downs throughout a game never mind a season so and and uh from shift to shift actually so i tried to try to play my career and stay that way and not not to get too high and not too low but uh with my personality, I seem to get uh, pretty high sometimes and pretty low, unfortunately. You, you know, you, you you played a few games with the 85-86 Canadians. Uh, I, I don't think you got to any, any playoff games as, as they went on to win the Cup, but they were, a, you know, a really good team, obviously, late 80s and, and early 90s, went to the Cup final again uh, in, in 1989. Patrick was certainly remembered as being the backbone of that team, but, uh, you know, tell me a little bit about the makeup of that club because I remember watching a lot of the Canadians in that era and i know Wah was great but i, I thought you kind of had a little bit of everything in that era too yeah reader you're right i played a few games at the start 85 86 and uh, actually was supposed to play in the playoffs but got hurt my uh, last game of junior hockey in ontario here and tore my knee and my ankle up where i would have played so dave Maley uh, out of college ended up playing in my spot and won a cup but couldn't happen to a better guy dave Maley was a was an awesome guy and a good friend of mine but yeah, uh, Patrick Waugh was, you know, one of the best. I mean, I played with Fierzy and Billy Ramford, too, and they're great goalies, and Cujo and uh, Broder in the, the 98 Olympics, and uh, they were all Eddie Bell for another great goalie. But Patrick was just unbelievable. Just seemed to raise his game in the playoffs, and he loved the pressure, and he was just incredible. But in saying that, we did have a lot of great players. I mean, we had a, a team that had some older veterans like Ray, Larry Robinson, Bob Ganey, great leaders, and then we had and Chris Chelios and Nyland and Carbon. And then we had some young guys like Patrick Waugh and, and uh, Claude Lemieux and, and myself and Stefan Richet and uh, Sergio Lomasso. So we had uh, we had a lot of uh, a good mixture there, and it was just an incredible group of guys. Craig Ludwig, another guy, block shots. Ricky Green. I can go on and on about all those guys. Chris Allen was like our, our guy that kind of policed and took care of us and was an amazing person. But we just had a really close team. We got along off the ice real well and uh, it translated on the good on-ice uh, performance. And it was just a lot of fun to play for that team in that era. They were a great group of guys and great hockey players. Yeah, you got traded to uh, to Edmonton, you know, for 
yep. a, a pretty high-profile fo- player, Vinny Domfus, who, uh, you know, was a, was a high scorer. I mean, it's it's never easy to get get traded. And, and like you said, you you mentioned uh, you, you were with a team that was was really good and would win the cup again in in '93. Did did you see that coming? How how were you able to process the trade at that time? Uh, I was obviously anytime you're traded, you're disappointed at first. Um, you know, I've been drafted by the Montreal Canadiens and been there for six years. And like you said, we had a good team and a good group of guys. But funny thing is, after we like, we lost in the, the finals in '89, and then we had a couple of years, uh, another year there where we lost a little bit earlier than they expected. Montreal we started making moves, and you know, Chris Chalios was traded, and a bunch of other guys were traded, Larry and different players. Uh, Claude Lemieux and Reich and all those guys were actually traded before me. And then uh, when it happened, I was pretty surprised. But um, going to Edmonton, uh, I just love playing Edmonton. The fans, they appreciate the, the style of play I played. I tried to play an all-around game and uh, contribute offensively and do my job defensively and drop balls when I had to. And uh, they seemed to appreciate my style. I mean, I get traded for Vinny. I ended up playing with Vinny in Montreal for my second stint. Great guy, great player. And um, he did a great thing, a great, uh, a lot of great work in Montreal, and he played well for Edmonton. We were there too, but um, it was tough. But I mean, I enjoyed my three years in Edmonton fully, and uh, you know, really didn't want to leave. But it was uh, tough sledding to, to negotiate with slots, so I ended up going on to St. Louis. But I mean, I love the city of Edmonton, and it's a great sports town, as you mentioned. It's great hockey and great football town, and it was just a lot of fun to play there. Yeah, look, I, I got to ask you though about one moment that is uh, it, it prominent. I even double checked, uh, Shane. It's on your Wikipedia page, believe it or not. Uh, you, you were the captain of the Oilers, and I remember one morning going to university, waking up and grabbing the Edmonton <laughs> Journal, and now you weren't the captain. Uh, George Burnett was the coach at the time. Look, uh, you know that obviously was was headlines at the time. How do you sort of uh, re- remember that? You know that was grabbing a lot of headlines in those days. Yeah, it was a tough situation, to be honest. I mean, uh, to be captain of a hockey team, I actually ended up being captain in St. Louis, too, and then I wore the C in Montreal for a while. But it was an honor to wear the C, but it was uh, tough. Uh, you know, George uh, was a new, young rookie coach, and you know, I was still fairly young at the time. I think I was 26 years old at the time. And and uh, George and I just had different views on what a captain was supposed to be and, and uh, how he wanted me to, to, to act as a captain, and I looked at it a different way, and uh, it just didn't work out. Um and unfortunately for me, I just I uh, just thought it wasn't a great situation, and he agreed. And and uh, I think at the time, if I remember right, I think uh, he had actually got fired, and uh, Lotai came in and was the coach, and ended up making and actually he was part of the process of making that that change from me not being a captain anymore. And I was also in the middle of trying to get a contract done with with Slats, and there was just a lot of things behind the scenes that were going on that made it tough too for me to remain the captain and uh but it's definitely it's definitely a tough thing to give up the sea i was an honor to wear it uh, i mean a lot of great captains in edmonton and uh to follow those guys but then to, to be as short as it was it was disappointing and to leave edmonton it wasn't an easy decision when we leave edmonton in the summer either i like i said i wanted to stay there and that was my first choice and uh just didn't happen Shane Corson joining us on the on the Faceoff Show. Uh, I, I don't know if you remember a gentleman by the name of Bob Stoffer, who's our color analyst here on the broadcast. But he's, he uh, he uh, has passed me a note here, said that I got to ask you about uh, a great moment you had with the Edmonton Oilers, December third, nineteen ninety two. I just watched it on YouTube. If people want to check it out, the title of the video is a simple one: Shane Corson versus Dana Merzen of the uh, Vancouver Ducks. You were a decisive victor in that bout. What do you remember about it? Yeah, it's pretty funny. Actually, you mentioned that you brought that up because it was, uh, it was. I just started Instagram at Shane Corson 27 about eight months ago, and that fight actually just popped up 
on hockey fights. Uh, the guys from uh, from I think they're from Edmonton area, so they put it on their site, and then I seen it. Yeah, I was. I think it uh, stemmed from uh, another event that I had with uh, Bob Mason, the goaltender in Vancouver. I lost my temper on him a bit, and I think uh, I got into a little scrap with him, and then. I think I had to answer the bell with Dana Merzen. He was a big boy, strong, tough, uh, honest guy, played hard every night. And, uh, you know, fortunate for me, uh, we got into it, and uh, I did okay. I did pretty good. So uh, it's pretty, pretty fun night. And uh, like I said, lucky for me, I got the, the better end of it that time. Well, I mean, you, you definitely had that element of the game. And, I mean, like, I, I watched you play, and if people didn't watch you play, they can look at your stats. I mean, uh, just I'm just going to pick out some seasons. Uh, 31 goals, 144 penalty minutes. Uh, 25 goals, 118 minutes. One of your years here in Edmonton, uh, uh, Montreal in the late 90s when scoring started to dip a little bit, but still 21 goals, 108 minutes in penalties. So you could do it all. Um you could score and you could play that rugged game. Is there a player nowadays that reminds you of yourself or, you know, do you think that yeah. we're seeing the, we're seeing obviously some of the penalty minute totals not be as prominent, especially for offensive guys now. Yeah. You, like you mentioned, I tried to play a complete game. I mean, a lot of those years, the, the one in Edmonton, I remember that uh, very well was things were really going well and rolling. And then I broke my leg. So I could have got them closer to 40. If I wouldn't have got hurt, Dave Manson, it was a slap shot, uh, we were on the power play. We had a pretty decent power play. And then a couple of other years, the, the, the year, the 21, I think that was 98. Where I went to end up going to the Olympics in the All-Star game. I got hurt that year, too. So could have had a few 30-goal seasons, had the one. But uh, I, I tried to play it both ends of the rink and, and contribute uh, defensively, too, and try to do the job when I had to drop the gloves. But, um, I mean, it, it was a lot of fun playing playing that that role and, um, just lucky enough to play a lot, of, a lot of years, and I had a lot of great teammates that helped me, you know, get to where I got to and do what I did. If it weren't for them and my coaches, I would have never had that long of a career. And uh, I have to say, probably, I have to be honest, it's uh, it's Tommy Wilson. Tom Wilson plays for the Capitals. He, uh, he's, I'm a little biased because he's really good friends with my son. They're best friends. So, <laughs> but he's, I, I like the way he plays. Tommy, he plays hard, can score. He kills penalties too, and, and obviously he can drop the gloves. And he's a big, strong kid, and, and he's just a nice kid. Like he's just a super kid off the ice. He's humble and and down to earth, and I just uh, really like him. So I'm happy to see him having the success he is. Hey Shane, it's Bob Stoffer here. I just wanted to jump in <laughs> hey, on this. I, I couldn't hold off anymore. I used to see you around town with Mel and those guys back in the day. And uh, but what I what I want to bring up is you're you're you're. you're, you're you know, you're far too modest. I mean, in terms of guys that were light heavyweight size, you had as fast as hands as there was in the league. I remember, were you not involved in the brawl that, uh, back in juniors uh, that involved Bob Probert and uh, Brad Delgarno? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was, that, that, that and, and I, I hate to say, it doesn't do you justice. I mean, yeah, you could score, you could do those other things, but pound for pound, you could go with anybody in the league. But I just, I remember that brawl and I'm thinking, Brad Delgarno's like 16 years old. <laughs> What the hell is he doing? What do you remember yeah. about that? Because that one was as wild of a junior brawl as you'll ever see. Uh, that was crazy. I mean, uh, the funny thing is Bobby Prober was my linemate for a year and a half. We had just traded him that year to Sioux, and we had to play them 12 times. Thanks a lot, uh, Bill LaForge, for, for trading uh, Bobby up there. But I remember it was, I believe it was an afternoon game. It was a Sunday afternoon game actually on TV, so it wasn't great for the young kids watching. And then I, I'll never forget when it was finally over. I think it went on for like, it went on forever. I can't even remember exactly. I bet it was over an hour that went on for. 
Um, but our trainer, Billy Dines, God rest his soul, he was a great person. He was our trainer in, in Hamilton at the time. He came out with a shopping cart to pick up all, all our gear. It was, it was everywhere, and everybody was involved. The goalies were involved. I remember the same thing, like watching Delhi, Brad Belgarno, uh, square off Proby, and he's a young kid. I'm going, oh, my God. But he, he did real well for himself. He ended up, you know, he hung in there and did real well, and the rest of uh, the rest of our guys did pretty good, too. Our, our team was – we had a pretty tough team. We had Crowder on that team, too, and Kirk Thomason was another tough guy. And they, they had a bunch of guys, too, though. We had Sammy, Haiti, and Johnny. And, you know, Bill LaForge, he loved to have a tough team. And they had Proby and Bukaboom and a few other guys, so they were pretty solid, too. And they had a good team that year, too, so – I remember the, mo- the thing I remember the most was it went on forever, and then seeing Dines out there with the shopping cart picking up our gloves and stuff and helmets it was just pretty pretty wild. It was a Sunday afternoon game. And I don't think Billy coached another game in the league. I think he was suspended for life. Yeah, him and him and Draper hated each other. He ended up uh, back, you know, obviously had a couple stints out west. He started with the Enoch Tomahawks Junior B. Yeah. Not a surprise. That's how they played uh, back in the day as well. Red light, green light. Wasn't that the deal? Didn't he have something going on? <laughs> <laughs> he had, Billy. Like Dave Draper was amazing. Like I love Dave Draper. He was the guy that drafted me and was my GM and coach my first first couple year and a half, I guess it was. And he was just incredible to me. And and so was Bill Lafourge. So Bill, I luckily I played the way he liked. So he he was really really good to me and and played me a ton. And sort of Dave, but uh, yeah, he had a lot of like we 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 were dressed in all black. We wouldn't even wear our regular gear up for warm up some some games. We he put us all in black. He thought it would intimidate the other team and. Another game, we stole the other team's pucks, and then we're shooting them at, shooting at them with the pucks, and then we turn the net around. He has to do all kinds of crazy things. We used to hit a heavy bag uh, after every practice with both hands. Guys would sit in the dress room, and he'd have a, a, a jersey tied into the heavy bag, and each guy would have to go up and hit with If they were right-handed, you have to hit the bag right-handed for 60 seconds and then switch to your left and do 30 seconds with your offhand. And he'd, every guy in the room had to do that. And we did it after every practice. And he had the 50-hit thing. We had to hit the 50 hits, make sure we got 50 hits per game. He, he had all, all kinds of crazy things, but it worked for me. It worked for me, and, and he was good to me. And, uh, you know, I could accept and handle that. Some guys just couldn't handle it. And he, he was uh, tough on some guys. Shane Corson on the Faceoff Show. Thanks for being so generous with your time. I'll just wrap it up with this because, you know, you mentioned you got a lot of time, obviously, to, to watch uh, Netflix and, and games on the tube. You know, the storyline for the Leafs and the Oilers, Shane, was, oh, they're going to be able to score, but can they defend? Well, the Leafs have two consecutive shutouts, and, and the Oilers have been doing a pretty good job in goal prevention over this hot run they've had despite losing the last two games. So I'm just curious your impressions of uh, of these two clubs and kind of where you – I know we're not seeing any cross-division play, but uh, where do you kind of think they stand here? Well, I really like the way the Leafs are playing right now. Being here in Toronto, I see them play a lot. and they, Everybody knew they could score goals, and they were great offensively and skilled and crazy skilled, but they're always worried about their defense, and that's what always caught, caught them you know, in the playoffs. And It just seems this year they've, you know, they've played much better defense and uh, team defense. I mean, and Matthews, I think, has made strides in that area. I think he's playing a complete game. He's turning into an all-around player, which is, is great to see for him. And you know, Freddie and then the Freddie Anderson's uh, played pretty good. And then their backup goalies have done a good job for them. Hutchinson and uh, Campbell have both won games for them. So, and they made a, the addition. The guy from Calgary there, uh, he, he's played well for them and helped them. But Riley's played well, and Mazin's played real good for them too. So I just and, and bringing in those veterans, I have to be honest, Thornton and and Simmons, uh, those two guys, like they know what it takes to win. You got to play, you know, an all-around game, good defense. To good defense wins championships. We know that good goaltending and. I think their leadership in the rooms helped the, the Maple Leafs uh, a ton to teach them how you have to play to win. It's not all about all offense. And and with the Oilers, same thing. I think Nurse has come a long ways, turned turned it around, and 
and the guy that's going in now with you guys tonight, Smith, has, has played well, and 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 I think that helps. Good goaltending helps, and uh, I think that this, the players up the players up front too. It's just, defense is not the defense when the goal is. You got to have your forwards buy into it, and sometimes you have to learn that. Being so offensive and skilled, you're thinking one thing, and that's go on offense and put the puck in that. But you got to keep the puck out of your net. And I mean, McDavid's incredible. Drysaitel and Nugent Hopkins are all incredible players, and you know, Lee's got Marner and and uh, Matthews and. You know, uh, Nylander's been scoring goals for them secondary score. I think that's another thing for both teams. They're, they got to get the secondary scoring if they want to win. And, um, you know, because it can't be those those top-end guys all the time. So I think that's going to be a key to uh, their success. But I, I like the way Nurse has come along the last couple of years. I think he's really helped uh, help their team too. So it comes down to defense and, and goaltending. And then, obviously, they both put the puck in that. Shane, this was awesome to catch up with you. We really appreciate it. Hopefully we can do this again. Uh, we really appreciate your perspective on the current edition of these teams and going down memory lane a bit with us as well. Really cool. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. I love talking about the old times. And uh, I just wanted to say to everybody, stay safe and strong. I know it's tough times, but we'll get through it. And I want to say hello to all the Oilers fans. I mean, I was only there for three years, but uh, trust me, I had my son Dylan there. He's a true cowboy, loves country music, loves pickup trucks, and I loved every second of playing in Edmonton. I just love the people there, just uh, down-to-earth, humble people, and I love playing there. And, I, you know, I, I really didn't want to leave, but unfortunately, it's a business, and I ended up leaving. But I just wanted to say hi to all the Oilers fans, and good luck to the Oilers, and good luck, good luck to the Leafs, too. I want to see them both do well.